0: Welcome back to A Waste of Time with Peaches and Cream.
1: Yeah, welcome back. It is episode 74. Man, 74. We're almost three quarters to 100. Yep. Repeating special guests this week. Double up on the special guests. We have Eric back with us in the studio. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Today we're going to talk
0: about Netflix documentaries.
1: Oh, is that how we're gonna frame this Netflix documentary? No, no, no.
0: We're gonna talk. No, no, no. Murder mysteries.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That were Murder. solved.
2: I feel like That's there's a better, more, like specifically kidnapping. Kind of, kind but of. Also, kind of not. Okay, but also kind of. I need to hear the nuances yeah, of these because it's
1: I don't know either of them. Oh, you um, don't? Okay. Right. No, Here no. i not familiar. Buckle up. This is exciting. All right, you want to start, Gam?
0: No, 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 you start, you start.
1: All right, so we're talking about a, uh, a story. They made a Netflix documentary called American Nightmare about this, but many years ago, um, before I do you know the, the, the book, I think, Gone Girl? Book movie, Gone Girl? Heard of it? Yeah, I've mm-hmm. heard of it. Yeah. Right, so in Gone Girl, I think the story is woman in a relationship Husband, for some reason or another, maybe he's abusive. He per- she pretends to be kidnapped in order to get her boyfriend arrested or husband arrested, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so Gone Girl comes out. Gone Girl gets really famous. A uh, then a couple gets kidnapped, or rather, a woman gets kidnapped, and the boyfriend is remaining he shows up a couple days later saying like my girlfriend got kidnapped a couple days ago. Hold on, can I tell um, the story
0: that he that he has? Do you know the story? Yeah, he has? sure. Okay, so he, he was
1: tied up. He put goggle had yeah, goggles yeah, yeah, put yeah. on him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: No, you can you can was, tell the he story.
1: Had, he says that he was him and his girlfriend were tied up in bed. Um they had they had zip ties on them. They had goggles put on them that they couldn't see out of. They were given sedatives and Then she was kidnapped. They both had to send texts to their work and say to their work, oh, we're not going to come in for the next couple of days because we're sick, right? So all of this, the kidnappers made them do and then tied him up and then gave him sedatives. And then two days later, he shows up at the police officer's office and he says, hey, my girlfriend was kidnapped. And the police are like, yeah, right, your girlfriend wasn't kidnapped. I don't believe that story, you know, that kind of thing. And like, why are you telling us now? And he's like, well, they gave me sedatives, they tied me up. And so they didn't believe him. And obviously he became suspect number one in a missing persons case that he reported. And following this up, he then, like then a few days later, his girlfriend shows up hours from their house and she comes back and she corroborates the story saying i was kidnapped this is what happened all the details matching the boyfriend and then they're like likely story even still they no one believes yeah, them they weren't
0: even believing her what in, in like the... both yeah. of the
2: people that were kidnapped have now been found and they weren't believing either of them right
1: correct <laughs> they were saying they were doing it for attention and for like clout And so they had, like, like a manhunt. And so the police publicly announced that they're, like, wasting resources. This couple is wasting community resources, right? But then, this, in my opinion, craziest part of the story, the the police get an email Mm -hmm. from the supposed kidnappers saying, it's wrong what you're doing to these innocent people. (laughs) We kidnapped her. And we are, like... You know, career criminals with college-educated career criminals. And it's wrong that you're, like, dragging them through the mud when they didn't do anything wrong.
0: Yeah, they're like,
2: we're an elite black market mm-hmm.
0: militia. Wh- right. What? Like, saying Did some they, crazy like,
1: stuff. take their liver before they release <laughs> them again? Like, what no, was happening? Were were <laughs> the target was actually the boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. That was the person they were trying yeah. to kidnap. They ended up mm. getting the wrong person but the whole thing is the police are still like not buying it they're all like this is ridiculous right
0: yeah the the girl the girl uh the guy like sexually assaulted her while she was um while she was kidnapped while she was okay
1: yeah so that was part of her story as well right but like of course none of this is being believed by the police they're like essentially their their defense is like we've seen gone girl. Like that's like, no, yeah. their, oh, man. their defense is like, we've seen gone girl. So this didn't happen. And not a great defense, honestly. Um, but so eventually the same MO kind of thing. These people are about to be kidnapped, but they fight back and they catch this kidnapper who admits to this kidnapping, but then also admits to kidnapping that woman. And so years later, the police are now, like, after ruining these people's lives, telling everyone that they're, like, liars and they're just wasting community resources, now they're, like, justified and they've caught the actual kidnappers. And, I mean, well, we, like we were just working minute- with the evidence that we had. To right. say, was there not like a defamation lawsuit there? Like, there was. These okay. people did get like two point seven million dollars or something like that? Yeah, and they're okay. married now. Good. Yeah, they're married now. But that's sounds crazy. Yeah.
0: So so the reason that's the guy
1: insane.
0: The reason the guy didn't go to the police right away, which is why they didn't believe him, was because uh, when he so like when he woke up from the sedatives and everything, they made him they tried to get him to pay a ten thousand dollar ransom. And he paid it, but the bank like wouldn't let him transfer that amount of money. Like sure. he couldn't. He like couldn't make the transfer, and he was like, "Oh my god! Like my girlfriend is gonna die." And they, I think they set up a fake camera in like his bedroom, and was and like threatened him, like, "Don't turn this camera off. Like you have to transfer this money. Don't turn this camera off, or we're gonna kill this girl." And so he was like, dr- like heavily doped up too,
1: and yeah. so he
0: was like just freaking out. And then eventually he like ran out of options. He couldn't like get money. And he's like, I have to go to the police. He goes to the police and they're like, you're telling me that she was kidnapped like a day and a half ago. And you're just now like coming okay.
2: here. So he Man. immediately,
0: immediately they thought that he killed her. So they started the, the whole first like couple days that they were engaged in this. They were uh, like, look like they weren't even trying to get her. They were the whole focus. Body. Yeah. They were just trying to find her body in all of like the uh. wooded areas around town Woof. and like all the ditches. And so like they'd spent two days, not even searching for her. And I think there was even like one or two people that gave a tip on the vehicle. Uh. Right. Um, and they didn't even look into it or anything. And then uh she, he made her give a recording that they sent to the news where she was like, I'm okay. This is like an event that happened today. Uh, And so like, you know, that this is a recent recording, but like, like, can you pay the ransom or something? And then eventually, um, I don't know if the guy had killed someone before. Like if I know that he had done this, like, this is like,
1: he like, had kidnapped yeah, kidnapped people before.
0: Yeah, in his mind, he was like an expert at kidnapping people. Like these people are always comp- like in, in crazy. the letter.
1: He compared himself to the Ocean's Eleven crew. Really? Yes. Oh my in gosh. the letter, he compared. He said we're like an Ocean's Eleven style <laughs> group. Dude, and
2: he's only charging ten grand. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> yeah. like, like you gotta figure he like spent so much time on this, so much effort. Like, that's insane and yeah that man there's a lot of people i would uh post
0: bail for 10 grand
2: same yeah there's a lot of people who like i don't even really like that i'd be like (laughs) you know like you don't deserve to be kidnapped
1: (laughs) right yeah
2: especially if i knew they were being tortured i'd be like yeah right
1: man but it's what what a lot of people are saying and like the big commentary is, you know, because obviously the police aren't in good standing in, in the public a lot right now in in, in certain circles. Um, but right now, a lot of people are like, it's crazy that the kidnappers had more empathy for the victims than the police department did. As they were like, and and this is what I think the fatal flaw of the whole thing was. Like, when you have the, the husband saying, like, okay, my wife was kidnapped and then immediately treating it as a dead body, searching for a dead body. Mm -hmm. And then when you find the girl, now you're upset that you wasted the resources searching for a dead body. Yeah. So like, from their perspective, they were like, they just played us and we wasted all these resources searching for a dead body. When in reality, the situation was, we should have used the resources to search for a missing persons. But they didn't see it that way at the time. They saw it as we wasted these resources looking for a dead person who was alive.
0: Well, the number a- the number one rule when you're working in the government is to never admit fault. So like no matter – like if you're a president, if you're a politician, if you're a police officer, if you work at the BMV, the number one rule is you never admit fault to anything. Like you have yeah. to double down.
1: Yeah. But man, it's, it's crazy that like,
0: I don't know. I'm not justifying just, that. Just... I'm not justifying that. I'm just saying that like, <laughs> right, right, that right, seems right, right. to yeah, be yeah, the trend. Yeah. Like, that's like, that's like, like have there's, but if you're, uh, if you're like a private citizen and you like mess up and like kill someone, the first thing you do is you say, sorry.
1: Right. Yeah. Not if you yeah. have a lawyer, you don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but like how much how much of this is just like pure desensitization like like do they live in like Gary, Indiana like where like were they like oh like it's just it's a t- statistic like we're looking for a dead body like yeah uh
1: I don't it know. was in California Vallejo, California so like i mean
2: like, maybe not, not, like, massive amount of murders. Like, they were yeah, just I like, ah, man, like, can't find this dead body. The person showed up. Right.
1: Like. <laughs> like, I, I, the fact that it was just so quickly labeled the Gone Girl case, because I had heard yeah. about it before it was solved, right? I heard about these people faking a kidnapping a long time ago mm-hmm. through, like, a YouTube news guy. Uh-huh. And now that same YouTube news guy was like, hey, remember that case I talked about all those years ago? Guess what? <laughs> Update. And um, yeah, it's just, you're right. It's like you can't really admit fault, I guess, if you're in the, and there's something very recently that, that's happening right now um, as well that goes into the same kind of point. Uh, there's there was a police officer that was really famous in New York, like nicknamed him the Closer, uh, because he he got so many people put away for murder in the '80s and '90s in New York. Yeah, and they've just recently found out that like maybe he was coercing, you know, coercing um people's to get to get evidence to fake evidence and to get you know witnesses coercing witnesses. oh that's really common right but this guy specifically was famous for the amount of people he would put away yeah so it's not common because he alone has had 110 million dollars in payouts since from from like just his arrests.
0: Well, the thing is, you know, is like, like, people
1: wrongly convicted have been paid over $110 million.
0: Like, if you're for... in the game of putting people in prison, if you're breaking records, there's no way to
1: break records without cheating. Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing. And so, but the thing is, and this this is, I want to say, like, probably the same thing for the police in Vallejo, California, Is same for this guy in New York. All these people are being paid. Like this this couple was paid $2.7 million, right? And those people that were falsely imprisoned were paid in total $110 million. But the guy that imprisoned them never admitted fault and he still receives his pension. You know yeah. what I mean? Like nothing has happened to him. <laughs> there has been no course adjustment yeah, to like make sure this doesn't happen again. Just kind of compensation for the people that it hurts same for these people these people get paid but like all the police that talk bad about them they're probably still just chilling
0: yeah 100 percent well that's the nature of uh bureaucracy in general is and I'm, and I'm not saying it's right it's not that they can't admit fault all of those people in when you're in a bureaucracy you can admit fault it's just that if you do admit fault you get fired
2: Do oh, yeah yeah, basically, if you're a,
0: if you're a politician, if you're um, like in if you're a mayor or a senator or whatever, and if you say, yeah, you know what, actually, that bill that I made ended up like backfiring, and it ended up getting like, you know, a million people costing their jobs, and it like totally screwed up the economy, and that's now why we have inflation and like all this other stuff. Like, you're gonna you you you're you're not winning your next election,
1: man politics yeah and it's It's it's, great
0: it's just like the nature of bureaucracy is you can't if you're in charge of um like like the federal reserve or even if you're in charge of like like let's say you're in charge of uh um like the environmental protection agency right like if you're the person in charge of the environmental protection agency and you say okay we made a mistake so we put this like act into place where we thought we were going to save all these birds and we ended up killing all of the beavers (laughs) you know what i'm saying right like (laughs) you're not going to keep your job very long what you're going to say is we protected all the birds the beavers are having a really rough rough time and we're figuring it out right now
1: (laughs) we'll work on that problem next yeah you know you know a public figure that admitted fault many times Anthony Fauci did he really yeah yeah it was many times that he like was like I said this before I was wrong we have more evidence now and he is someone that I would say I mean obviously it's split because every public figure in the United States is split but he's well loved on his side right Mm -hmm. like everyone that supports Anthony Fauci is like okay He's like a reasonable man of science.
2: Does he that, still have his job? Knows what he's
1: talking about. Yeah, right. I
2: don't, I don't actually know. I kind of kind of feel like he doesn't. Uh, it's
1: a good question.
2: Yeah, he's former uh, medical advisor. So
1: he was medical advisor to Trump, though, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. So I mean, you know. But but he like he was like, like yeah, I was gonna say like he was he was medical advisor for Trump, but then like a bunch of presidents before him. Um, right, nineteen eighty four
1: to twenty twenty two.
2: Okay, yeah, dude, he he had a run longer than we've been alive.
1: Uh, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe you're right, Cam. Maybe he admitted fault, and then he doesn't have his job anymore. And then he got the kibosh. But. but and, and let me know what you guys think about this. In my mind, when I saw him admit fault, because there was definitely times when I would see him safe at something, and I'd be like, okay. And then a couple months later, it wouldn't be that thing. And then I'd be like, hey, he said that thing. And then he would come on and be like, sorry, not that thing anymore. And I was like, nice. Good. <laughs> I really appreciate that. And if it was like a voting scenario, I would have voted for him, right? Um, yes, you you would have.
2: Yeah, no, I mean I would have too. Like, <laughs> right. I but, but what I'm
0: saying is like first I don't know what it is when it comes to the masses. Like the moment that someone in a bureaucracy admits fault, people just turn on them.
2: Yeah, I, don't I mean, know but like, oh, I'll, I'll I'll like make a I'll posit something like where like do you think like bureaucracy is is trying to like sell an emotion like to people like oh like you guys are gonna be happy with my decisions like it, yeah don't worry about the specifics you're gonna be happy that is I a words. huge yeah
0: i think that's a huge component
2: yeah like anthony fauci was like no, no no like i'm a science scientist i'm gonna give you facts and like my facts will consistently be updated by like new facts and um and they were more like yo 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 this doesn't your, your decisions weren't making us happy, like, and now you're changing them? Like, oh, we could have been more happy? Like...
1: <laughs> oh, we could have been more happy? <laughs> yeah. It's like the, uh, we've talked about this before, I think, the, the, the sweet shop owner versus the doctor. Uh, yeah, right? yeah.
0: I don't know if we talked so like- about it on here, but...
1: Yeah, man. That's all of our conversations kind of just flow into the but podcast. But I'm, I'm going to tell you. me about it. I, I haven't heard about the the sweet shop or the
2: doctor.
0: <laughs> I personally like going to the sweet shop, but I don't like going to the doctor.
1: That's See, just how I feel. You're, it's Plato. So it's Plato, right? Plato's the one. I don't uh, know the philosopher. So I think Plato is the uh, the philosopher that was an opponent of democracy and democratic principles on the basis that like a person will always vote for a sweet shop owner over a doctor. So like mm-hmm. if you yeah. have two people campaigning and one saying, "Yeah, I'll give you candy." and <laughs> one saying, "I'll give you shots, but it's going to save your life." People are going to vote for the sweet shop owner. Yeah. And and so like that the opponent of like Plato was saying like democracy can't work because people will always choose the one that's better or like that's good right now but worse in the long term i've heard Mm -hmm. a lot
0: of very convincing arguments against uh democracy like the idea
1: of voting for those in power what you're saying cam i i assume what you're saying is i've heard a lot of convincing arguments for monarchies right is that what you're saying uh not just for monarchies dictatorship but, well it's not that
0: like so the thing <laughs> is is um i think when it comes to like having government like have like like how you should establish a government it's something where like some people believe it's a necessary evil so there's not really any situation where it's go- like it's going to be ideal or perfect and so like you like if you can either have no government which like i'm not saying that that's a bad thing either but um like like just just like like the convincing arguments were just saying that like democracy is not perfect and there's like a lot of problems with it
1: right see i i think it's tough because like in general i don't like democracies at all because Like, look at our democracy, the one that's succeeding, you know, like our democracy is like the, the one to look up to. And I'm like, Donald Trump was president of the, the most powerful man in the whole country because of a democracy. And so I'm like, that's kind of (laughs) dumb, but like, uh, at the same time, I'm like, if I would give democracy a rating out of 10, it would be like a four. But pretty much everything else is less than a four. So, like, I can't think of a, a governing system that's like good, like you're saying, yeah. Cam.
0: Well, so, so the, I, so, like, one of the arguments is when it comes to democracy, the people that you're voting into power, they're not giving it to their children and they're not like giving it into future generations. And this so, is the monarchy thing, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, one, one of these things is like, Like If if you only have four years or however long your term is to be in charge, all of your decision-making is going to be a short-term decision that you're going to be doing. And so whether it has to do with our currency, whether it has to do with people's well-being, you're only going to be pursuing short-term gains and kicking the can down the road for long-term consequences. Um, But if you have something like a monarchy, you're you're in a position where you're like, no, this thing has to remain stable and we have to be making decisions on a long-term basis because you know that you're going to be alive for 40 more years. And then like, hopefully you're going to be giving this to your kids and then they're going to be giving it to their kids. Now they could give it to a kid who is just a spoiled brat and decides to slaughter everyone in the village and loot, rape (laughs) and plunder every single civilian for what they have. Right. But like, I don't know. It's just like, right now, it just seems kind of like democracies that were coming in today's new age. It seems like there's a lot of short-term decision-making.
2: I think even, like, the more frustrating thing, at least for me, is um, when it's short-term for people who are realistically probably about to die, like, soon, it's just like... (laughs) You actually have no investment in it's like, this idea working out. The short term of the short term. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, yo, like, the, the original age on the president being 35 was because people didn't really live past 50. Yeah. Like and and like you needed experience right like they didn't want just some young buck who like was being an idiot um but now now it's like oh well the average age is like 76 like something something stupid
1: <laughs> like it is it is crazy cuz like i hear this all the time on and i usually hate all takes from social media all like one liner yeah. takes on social media are in general dumb but the one that I typically agree with is exactly what you're saying like the would you trust like your grandmother to do anything <laughs> like in your yeah. life a personal thing for you would you trust them to manage your finances right no i wouldn't would you trust your grandmother to do the job that you currently do no i would not but you trust grandmother aged people as a whole <laughs> to run the entire country. It is insane. It is like, there is only of all of like the famous CEOs, the people that are really effective at running their business. There are only two I can think of that are of that age. That are that's successfully like running
0: the business. Yeah. Warren Buffett. Right.
1: Yeah. Charlie Warren Buffett and and just Char- died. <laughs> just died. Right. And they're the same like, the yeah. same company. So it's not like, like, Elon Musk, whatever you like like him or not, he, he's like a CEO of companies. He's made successful companies. Jeff Bezos, you know, but they're not 90 yeah. years old, you know? Like, they're not just, like, holding on to power for dear life. I was say, how old is Bill Gates nowadays?
2: Pretty old, right? Yeah, but he's not the CEO anymore, is he? No, 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 he gave that up. Um, yeah, right. Sure he's a just reasonable like thing to do. Chilling <laughs> with his foundation, like doing whatever he wanted. <laughs> right. I, I saw some, like, I f- this was a long
0: time ago, but I saw a study that was saying um, for individuals who uh, are in charge of, like, managing people, like CEOs, and, um, like, whether you're managing, like, like the C-suite, whether you're, like, managing mm-hmm. the accounting department or whatever, uh, you peak out at like 55. That's like when you peak. Not saying that you like go on a rapid... Peek downhill. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. by the time you're 60, you're like all the way downhill. Like you're still up there. It's just like you peaked out at 55 and then you kind of go down. And professional athletes, they peak out at like 25, right? Right, of course. They like peak out at 25. It, but um, for those, this was what I thought was the most interesting. For people who do work where it's not like you're managing where if you're doing something like actuarial science or if you're an engineer like something that's like very uh like specialist based or like if you're a lawyer or something um something that's uh doctors kind of yeah like like especially when it comes to like engineers or physicists and stuff (laughs) or statisticians you peak out at like 45 like, like, because they, they and they measured this with uh, research papers. So, like, most statisticians, uh, like Nobel Prize winners, they write their like groundbreaking research papers when they're forty five, like hmm. forty to fifty. And so, so, that's like the peak of the bell curve. Yeah, f- like the peak of like when your like brain
2: is firing on all cylinders. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah
2: that's interesting i don't know do you think that's um that's even just part of like maybe they just don't care past a certain age like yeah i mean there's probably some to that yeah yeah like if i haven't proven myself by 45
1: will i want to at 55 yeah that's a good question because i've met a lot of people in their 50s who like people in their 20s say they don't care about what people think. Yeah. And people in their 50s, are aren't. Don't. they care so little about what people think <laughs> that they wouldn't even say that they don't care about what people think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. And so I, I that makes a lot of sense to me, Eric. Uh, yeah, I – but there is also, like, there is definitely a mental decline that happens. But it's not – it's definitely not consistent amongst everybody. And what seems to be like, and this is just anecdotally, but for me, what seems to be when I would meet someone that was like 80 and really in control of all their mental faculties, they would almost always be continuing their education at that time. You know what I mean? Like when I was in Mexico, I met a lot of older people because I worked in a resort. And so, you know, some old people are old people. But the one, some old people were like, yeah, I'm going to go run five miles, you know, and then I'm going to go to the beach and then I'm going to eat a hot dog. You know, they, they were like very clear. And those people were like trying to learn Spanish in Mexico. You know what I mean? Like they were reading their Spanish to English dictionary. And so it does seem that like the act of intentionally trying to keep your mental faculties in control does actually help. And so I don't think though that being in politics or even just having a job is sufficient for that for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just yeah. having a job is definitely not inherently challenging enough for you to be continuously learning unless you intentionally try to.
2: Yeah, I have like uh there there was a paper that was written Um, and it was about the success of doctors and, um, basically you can predict how successful any doctor will be after their first five years of being a doctor. Wow. Um, and what it was is, um, they, they boiled it down to basically like If within five years of gaining your MD, like you decide that like you want to continue to better yourself, you will be one of the best doctors. And that is like a very separating, like delineating fact between like the people who got their MD and just said, no, I'm a doctor now um and like i i think that that applies almost in every like profession of just like oh, okay like you've got woodworkers but then you've got like those crazy japanese woodworkers who are like i've been perfecting okay. this for thousands of years like this is right. like what just we do <laughs> <ass down laughs> from
1: generation to generation yeah. <laughs> yeah that's you know i know that this is a dumb thing but i'm gonna say it because i love scrubs Oh, I love <laughs> Scrubs. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's interesting that that's that's what you're saying because in Scrubs, it's it takes a very clear arc. Every character starts as a horrible doctor, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they start, they begin, they suck, and then they're trying super hard to like just become competent. And then by by season five, so you know, the, uh... year five, they're like trying to <laughs> trying to get there but they, like, are pretty good doctors. And by season six, they have their own residents that they're, like, t- mentoring. But none of them are trying anymore to improve. at, at Season six, so year six of their, of their uh, after having their MDs, like, they're mm-hmm. not, there is no more emphasis on them learning. It is just them teaching what they've learned to younger people. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting that you say that, that, uh, that they're, like, continuously trying to learn more. And uh, I think that's that's definitely the case. And I actually had this um, realization I think that's interesting that maybe you guys will think is interesting as well. So I'm, I have a YouTube channel now, right? And that comes with a lot of skills that I have to learn. I have to start from zero, right? And <laughs> the other day I tried to film a video in which I would talk to the camera naturally. I had to talk to the camera naturally. And guess what? could not do it at all it was the most awkward uncomfortable thing that i've ever done or experienced in my life right and i i I, real, I sat down and i realized like i suck dude i suck so bad at this and then i i dwelled on it for an hour and i came to the conclusion i know why adults don't get better at things i know why adults don't learn new things and it's not because they can't. It's because it sucks to suck long enough to not suck. You know what I mean?
0: That's just the first step at getting good at something.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Right. But the thing is, when you're a child, when you're learning the things that you're good at now, Cameron playing soccer, guaranteed, guaranteed, Cameron, six year old at soccer, I would destroy him. Dude, it Me, wasn't even right six now.
0: I wasn't. I was like a lowest string bench player until I
1: was like eighteen years old. No, but what matters though, dude. You were good when you at were sixteen six, for sure. Yeah. When when you were six, people were telling you you were good. You thought you were good at six, dude. You think at so? six, everyone tells you you're good at everything. If you draw, if you paint a turkey around oh, your hand, yeah draw a turkey around your hand and give that to your parents, they're like, wow, this is amazing. We need to hang this up, right? If I gave it my all (laughs) and drew a picture right now and it was better than a turkey hand, still, you'd be like, that's trash. That's bad. (laughs) And I would know as well. The point is, when you're a kid, you don't have to suck ever. You're just good always, (laughs) And so you don't have to go through that. And so as a kid, you can acquire all kinds of new skills because no one judges you for sucking. But as an adult, you better be good at stuff (laughs) because you're an adult. You better only do things you're good at. And I realized that like adults just, they don't do things they suck at. Never. This is not a part of our regular activities. And so you're not going to get good at anything. If you're not going to do anything, you suck at that's just like the reality of it.
0: What's well, almost like as an adult, you're so invested in something by that point. Like, let so let's take um, me learning guitar, for example, I'm not very good at right. guitar, but I'm definitely not going to go learn another instrument because I'm, I'm too deep. <laughs> I'm too deep. You know what I mean? Like if I go try to well, learn the tuba, learn the guitar, like I got
1: what, what if you learn the guitar though? What if you get like to a place where you're like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good at the guitar. Okay. So
0: even if I am good at the guitar, if I go learn another, if I go learn the flute or something, like I gotta suck again.
1: Yeah. Like it. Like yeah. I think that
0: there's just too much. You're too deep.
1: The key, though, I think, is to be like, is to crave the suck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think that's the that's the key because think about this, right? I learned Spanish. Spanish is good. I can speak Spanish now, period, right? Then I started learning Japanese. And so holy bad. crap, dude. Even now, six months in, I'm just realizing how bad I suck, right? Like, after six months, I can now, and, and I've made huge strides. I can now read. I, I am currently reading Harry Potter in Japanese. Kanji and all. That's insane, by the way. Props. (laughs) Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. (laughs) But I have sucked every step of the way. And the moment that I, like, started feeling good about Spanish and I was, like, there's still – I can definitely still study Spanish and I can learn more in Spanish, but, like, the moment I didn't suck at Spanish anymore, I started to miss it because you make so many strides. Like, right now – Of non-native Japanese speakers, I'm probably, like, top 10% in six months. Spanish, of non-native Spanish speakers, I'm, you know, definitely a high percentage. But, like, you make such fast strides when you suck at stuff.
2: Mm -hmm. Film
1: editing, if you watch my four videos in order, you can, like, clearly see and hear that things are getting at least, like, technically better. That's a good point. And so I'm start, I like crave that um, that suck. And I think that the best this is for you, Eric. <laughs> the best uh, comparison is civilization Ooh, the game. Yeah. It's real hard to finish civilization. It's real easy to start civilization. Yeah. When you start that game, you advance so fast, you make such big strides. you start cities, you're growing. Like, you're obviously not capable of taking over the world at the beginning of the game. But, like, you're growing so fast. So you're, you're, it's actually so fun at the beginning of Civ that I know many people that play Civ and they never finish the game. Never. They just restart a new game when they get too too big. <laughs> like, that's just the way the game is. And I think that, like, if you could train yourself to be like that in life, you would have so many skills if you like got comfortable with that like uncomfortable beginning stage. That's my yeah. that's that's Terence's new thoughts huh No, absolutely.
2: I mean, I think even just going back to like why do kids do things that that they suck at, they suck at everything. <laughs> so so it's not like a, I can fall back on what I'm good at. Like, right. whereas a, as adults now, like, we've we have developed some skills, like, in things, and it's so easy to just be like, oh, I don't actually have to do this, but, um, but it like brings me like a little bit of joy. Like, I don't know, Cameron, um, I know, I know you're good at snowboarding because we've been together. Yeah. But I don't, I don't remember talking to you about, um your experience learning snowboarding oh, because for me like I remember and this was like I, I I'm pretty sure I was like 15 when oh I my gosh. first snowboarded That's a, yeah I was and, like 12 um, or
0: something so it's like the same yeah, area
2: I, I could and, go really
0: into this topic
2: no please please but like I remember for me specifically like at that age I sucked so bad and it infuriated yeah, me. It's I emotionally was so damaging. Upset that I just spent eight hours literally sliding on my butt yeah. down the bunny hill, like that I had to be good. I had to be good. And the other but- thing
0: is, like, you're middle school age. And so, yeah. and so, there's like this thing in your brain where, like, the reason you wanted to start snowboarding was because you wanted to be that guy that was cool. And then you go out yeah. there, and then you are the guy that is definitely not so cool. And it, yeah. and it, and it, and it, like, it, like, it, like,
2: affects your psyche. Oh yeah. Oh, and and it's just like I think that, like, yeah, that that feeling. I wish I could channel that more, just in all aspects of my life instead of like the ones that i've deemed like the ones that i have to where it's like oh for me like okay for work like i have to do that yeah like for for my relationship like i have to do that but like Mm -hmm. when i'm relearning the piano i don't have to do that yeah like like working out like i'm fit like by like a normal standard so like do i actually have to push myself i don't know but i wish like i i wish i just always felt that way where like i had that that intensity um yeah you just wanting to grind it out to where you're like like, get yeah yeah it's
1: like that's that's interesting i'm thinking because i'm not a good snowboarder (laughs) at all i've gone a few times and i suck and i have the same frustration right like everyone else is good and i'm like with the children you know i mean (laughs) like i'm hanging out with five-year-olds and their parents teaching them on that level but i'm thinking about like the most i can relate to is water skiing and wakeboarding and i sucked more than the average person would suck at their first stage And I'm trying to, like, put myself back in that headspace. And, like, what made me go embarrass myself in front of strangers and people I know for multiple days in a row? Like, what made me do that? And I think in that scenario, and this is interesting, and I don't know, well, the scenario was I thought it was impossible. Like, I thought I could not do it. I thought that my body type was not made for it, right? (laughs) Um, because I had tried to go wakeboarding with Cameron or water skiing with Cameron many years ago and I couldn't do it and everyone else could do it immediately. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then, you know, people, in order to encourage me, uh, and, and this happens all times of in your life, if, if you're not good at something naturally, some people, adults or your peers will say, you know, but you're good at this. Maybe you can't do, maybe your body type's not meant for this, right? They do to encourage you. But it actually is just like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Right? And so it felt impossible. And then I, I thought to myself, if I can do it, then I can do the impossible, right? Like, in my mind. Yeah. And have you ever been water skiing or wakeboarding, Eric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been both. Right. So there's a portion of it just, get, like, you have to learn how to get out of the water.
2: Yeah. Getting up is like the biggest thing the second biggest right. thing is if you get out of the wake getting back into
1: the wake like right you're like ooh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> and i started wakeboarding and water skiing with um a professional cricket player a person who was on a professional england's professional team in in cricket oh man um he was visiting cancun i was there and i i was off for a weekend so i was going wakeboarding with him and he got up immediately first time ever got out of the water and i was just dragged behind the boat for three whole (laughs) days eric Three, (laughs) three whole days mouth full of salt water Dude, I swear. They didn't it was so stop. embarrassing.
0: They wouldn't even stop for you for three days? They would stop. They would come back and pick you me up.
1: catch Toe Edge. you just like... <laughs> <laughs> they would just take me around. Um, but on the third day I came out, the people, the guests, and and the people that were teaching me were like, Terrence, are you serious? They're going to keep trying. And I was like... <laughs> I had kind of just committed. I was just like, I'm gonna, you I'm deep. gonna do it at least, at least until this guy leaves, at least until this professional cricket player leaves. He was there for two weeks, uh, and so he had got up, and he was every day he was skiing and like wakeboarding and like getting, uh, staying in the wake a little bit, you know, because uh, he was new, and so I, <laughs> on the third day, I got up, and I, and at, like the entire. Everyone at the dock was cheering because we'd all been there together the whole three days. They were cheering, and I stood up. And I, as soon as I stood up, I realized how far behind I was that guy. <laughs> and so my first time up, I got out of the wake. <laughs> and then I ramped and tried to jump the wake. Very dumb. <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> yes. dude.
1: <laughs> I didn't try to get back in. I tried to jump it. I yelled it to, to my friend Jacob, who was driving the boat. I was like, Jacob, I'm jumping the wake. Got he it. he's like, parents, yeah. you're going to fall and you don't know how to get back up yet. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to do it. And I I pointed my toes, which if you point your toes when you're water skiing, you come out of your water skis. And so I just Supermaned <laughs> back into the water. But I, I, I came out of the water to cheers. But the point is, I felt like the reason I did this in the beginning, even though I sucked so bad, it was because like, even though I sucked and especially because I sucked by doing it, I felt so good. Right. I I accomplished something that none of them did. Right. They all got up the first day. I got up on my third day, which means that I overcame the biggest odds in order to, 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 to complete that task. And I think that like, against insurmountable odds or seemingly insurmountable odds. It almost makes like the, the challenge and the suckage more worth it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Well, we're that's we're we're past time. So uh, thanks for (laughs) listening, everyone. (laughs) Uh, It was really great. And hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode, Eric. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. We really appreciate it.
2: Of course. Happy to be here. Happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Yep. See you guys. And this is a message from our sponsor, Sina4 Brewery, the beer that you put in the back.
1: Yeah, so do you know why you put it in the back? Why do you put it in the back? It's because you don't want your friends to take your good beer, so you fill the front of the fridge with, you know, your decoy beers, the beers that, you know, you can find on every every street corner, the ones that don't really hit the palate just right. So you see, say the special ones for you, the sign of four, you put that in the back. But on the special occasion when there's no one coming to your house, when you're not hosting, you know what you do? What do you do? You fill her up. <laughs> you fill up your fridge the whole with thing? sign of four. You know what I just the realized? Whole thing.
0: You know what I just realized? Why? Why would you just put them in the back when your friends are over? Why don't you fill up your whole beer, the whole fridge, with the beer when your friends are over? You should treat
1: them; they're your buddies. Yeah, no, not me. No, my friends can drink out of the other, the other fridge. I get yeah. all of the sign before, but you know it's to each his own.
0: They can drink to out of the garden hose in the back.
1: <laughs> That's for all I care. Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I get the
1: good stuff.
0: Well, you want to fill up your fridge with Sinophore. So, so Connor, tell us about tell us about this company. What are they doing? What's what kind of seasonal beers do they have? What uh what's what's the hot take here?
1: We make all kinds of beer. You know, we'll make whatever you need. Uh, anything to make sure you quench your thirst and get that little bit of buzz that you're always looking for on the weekday or the weekend, you know. Whatever whatever floats your boat. Whether it's from an Oktoberfest, a Mexican lager, uh, an IPA, or a stout, which you guys so kindly uh, sponsored on this podcast, uh, we'll make whatever you need.
0: So you're telling me you guys do special orders?
1: You have the number, Cam. You know who to call.
0: All right. Hey, that goes out to all of our listeners. If you want four Brewery, this is the place to get it. This is the best beer in the Midwest. It's not even a question. We, we tested every single beer that's available in the area, and this is the one. And so it's the one you put fill in the back. Fill your fridge. Yeah, fill your fridge. Fill your fridge. With Sinafore. With 4